Still on goal, look at that pass. Haydock, goal, Columbus. second episode i'm gonna i'm gonna say i'm gonna do the same thing that i did to you in the first episode where you said bada bing bada bong that's the intro now john doesn't welcome know. to into the zogniverse dude <laughs> let's go <laughs> okay okay well th- this is the episode two of into the crewniverse john has a bit he's very excited about give me a second we gotta do the proper introduction so my name is way i'm here to guide you into the crewniverse this is a history podcast for the columbus crew my name is, like I said, my name's Way. I said that again just now. I'm going to teach my friend John. John, introduce yourself. He doesn't know about the team. I'm going to teach him. John, introduce yourself. Hello. My name is John. Uh, I'm in the larval state of my soccer interest. Uh, consider me a wayward nomad, a uh, wanderer in the universe, looking to learn more. Any one of these. My only guiding light <laughs> is the Zogs. That's right, I'm going to pupate. You're going to pupate one of these days, yeah. I'm going to go up into a little cocoon, and I'm going to come out a soccer butterfly. <laughs> Last episode, we learned about the Columbus Sogs, which is a precursor to the crew, and John instantly became obsessed. So much so that he told me today that he has a bit. John, what is your bit? I would like to do a little two truths and a lie with you about the uh, the Zogs. About the Zogs. Okay. Okay. I didn't come here expecting that i would be the one learning things i thought i had done the research but to be to be fair i didn't did not dive too deep into the zogs into the zogs universe um because i didn't think it was going to be that relevant but apparently it is it's super relevant there's a lot of great stuff here okay okay all right two truths and a lie tell give me give me the give me the stuff john i i'm i'm ready so here's here's your first statement okay the name zogs actually comes from the founder kinsley nice's childhood dog he had a dog named zog did he is that is that what the is that what the, the that's what's being is? implied yeah 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 oh, oh my god if that's the, zog's the truth scoreboard that's was not digital but was instead graffiti on a plywood frame on which the score would be spray painted by a fan by a fan not by like yeah, a person a who worked for them that sounds like a <laughs> terrible idea that sounds awful and also how would you Surely they didn't have a clock. Like, surely there wasn't a guy up there, like, spray-painting a new number every, every second. second. <laughs> surely they just put, like, one or two or however many goals it was. Like, what the hell the hell would that work? That's crazy. That's insane. Okay, what's the third one? Finally, um, before the debut match of the Zogs, okay. their founder was brought a briefcase of cash given to him by the mob. By the mob? Like, not any specific mob? Just the mob? There's a specific mob that, that I'm thinking can, of, yeah. Can I get, like, can I ask for, like, like in the spelling bee when you ask for country of origin, can I ask what the country of origin was for the mob? Mob of origin? Yeah, what's the mob of origin? I didn't know Columbus had a mob, to be honest. Mr. Well, I gotta, hang on, let me make it up. Well, uh, then I think I know which one is the fake one, John, if you have to make up this fact. De Bartolo. Mm, okay. Mm, sure. Edward De Bartolo. 
Edward de Bartolo. Okay. Great. Senior. <laughs> Senior Junior, the third. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with. I. I really don't want to believe that he named his dog Zog, so I'm going to go with that. Is that the fake one? That's correct. The The name Zogs awesome. does not seem to have any basis anywhere. <laughs> that I totally believe that. It sounds like they just reached their hand into a hat with a bunch of letter tiles. Bananagrams? Like, hmm. Yeah, like bananagrams. They just reached in and they're like, hmm, what, how many, what can, can we make a word with these? That's Further information about this briefcase full of money. The briefcase which was a, a little plastic briefcase, was then stolen from the ticket office. They just left it in the ticket office? <laughs> the money? They had the money, but the briefcase Oh, just the briefcase itself was left there. Okay, that's less bad. And then, and then Nice huh. had to... He went and got another leather briefcase what? to give it back. Why? Why did, oh, so he had to give the mob guy back his briefcase. That's... Yeah, because, quote, when a man gives you money in a briefcase, I want to give him the briefcase back. End quote. That's his reasoning for it? Yeah. That's insane. That is insane. That... This, the guy who founded the Zogs is a freak. I, You know what? With the name, it makes sense. That makes sense quite a lot. Okay. Okay. You know what? John, if you have more of these facts, maybe we'll do this next episode. And if you have a ton of facts, maybe we'll do this more often. Because that, that was really funny. <laughs> I like that quite a lot. It was really fun to do. Okay. As I was reading about the Zogs and I learned that they had ties to the mob, my eyes went wide. Like, it was like fear and excitement at the same time. Excellent. Okay. Okay. We got to get down to business because this episode is. I felt a rush of adrenaline. All right. (laughs) This episode is very important. This is the episode where we're going to talk about the 2008 season. Um, This is what I would consider to be probably the most influential season in columbus crew history definitely i think definitely the most influential season in columbus crew history probably the most influential season in an mls team's history at all i think the reason this season is so important have you seen like those memes that are like dominoes and it's like oh 9-11 happened which means now we have 50 shades of gray stuff like that you know that Mm-hmm. If the, I thought you meant the pizza establishment at first, but I'm with you now. Yeah, Domino's, Domino's actually, their ovens are so hot they can melt steel beams. Yeah, Domino's, the, the establishment <laughs> loves to talk about 9-11. Oh my god. That's why they created the Noid. <laughs> they created the Noid that we turned into the Zog. He's no, he's ours now. That that's he's a representation of Al Qaeda. The 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 Noid, the Noid that belongs to us now. We he, we take we're we're taking him. He's the Zog now. Yeah, that's that's my boy. That's the, he's that's ours. That's the Zog. Go, go to the go to our Twitter account uh, at Cruniverse Pod if you want to see what the Zog looks like in real life. We have a couple pictures of him there. Come Zog out with your hog out. Come Zog, yeah. Come Zog out with your hog out. Thanks Ben. Credit to who? Thanks Ben. Who yeah, that? from the Upper Ninety Club. <laughs> ben. Ben from the Upper Ninety Club. You're a real one. He. Oh, I sent I sent him a, a text about how the first episode was up, and he he said he would give it a listen. And then the next text I received from him said. Hell yeah, dude. Zog out with your hog out. And I was like, this is, that is the funniest review I've ever heard. Um, okay. Anyway, the 2008 season is very important. Um, and I think we're going to have to we're gonna talk a lot about it. Okay. Got to talk about the uh, the sources. Got to got to talk about it right up front so that that one guy on, on Reddit can hear that I my sources that I cited. <laughs> um this this episode we're using massive collection volume one and we're also heavily using a massive season 
a lot of this information comes from a massive season. These are both Steve Cirk's books, cirkbook.com. It'll be in the it'll be in the description if you want to get his books. I highly recommend them. They're great. I would also we should make an old jingle. Oh, for Steve Cirk, cirkbook.com. Cirkbook.com. Yeah, cirkbook.com. I I would definitely also recommend a massive season. Very good book. Really, really enjoyed it. I just actually finished it the other day. Um, I was like reading all of I, I you know I was like I got to read all the important stuff first and then I'll get to all the fun bits at the end because I got to make sure I write down the the stuff for the episode. So John, are you ready to buckle in? Fasten your seatbelt, buddy. I'm so ready. Click click. Okay, that's me fastening. Good. My I'm glad you had to fully work because I got to take a drink of water. It's it's one of the uh, like a racing harness, so it has two. Oh, it's not like a sections. roller coaster. Like I was picturing, like you come from down from above, you just go. Psh! you know oh like a yeah like a like a roller coaster you know oh man we're going up we're going up into the crew go. okay i was gonna do a little trivia for john so john i'm gonna test you on your knowledge that you don't have okay all right hit me i want to to ask you what was the score of the 2008 cup between the columbus crew and the new york red bulls what was the score of the final the final score yeah. of of the game the last one that they yes that they the championship game yes the problem with that is every time we measure it, it changes because it's in a quantum state. <laughs> yeah, okay. But right now, from the most recent measurement, uh, six to nine, baby. Okay. All right. Um, Should I change that because it's a family-friendly podcast? No, that's fine. That's a good. That's a legitimate score that you could never have in soccer because it's way too high, but it's funny. Um, 14 to two. Wow, that'd be... It was really one-sided. That'd be crazy. All right, so what... I want to ask you this. This is this one's a little, little open ended. What caused the formation of the Nordeck? Uh, there was a stampede of buffalo, and it destroyed the original stadium. Okay. And so they had to rebuild it, and they were like, "Let's make the Nordeck, baby." <laughs> they had to rebuild the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and yeah. then the third question is, who was the MVP for the 2008 final? Now that's a complex question because because why? Um, Technically speaking, it was the ghost of Christmas past, but <laughs> that's only because it was summoned to the field yeah. by uh, Scrooge. Okay, and Scrooge so, played for? Scrooge, he played for the Red Bulls. <laughs> okay, so the team that lost... So, hold on. So, did Ebenezer he Scrooge... The, he was still the MVP. Ebene okay, so Ebenezer Scrooge summoned the ghost of christmas past but the ghost of christmas past played for the crew is that what happened oh no sorry yeah he was he was on the crew okay i'm changing my story you are he was on the crew and uh he had three ghosts that assisted him so they basically had an extra three men on the field were they like and that was were they like stands from jojo is that what's going on yes here? exactly <laughs> I don't know how oh, JoJo's bizarre. Shindu. I don't know how JoJo's bizarre adventure works, but that sounds close. It's, enough it to was me. more like Shaman King. He imbued them into different clothing items that allowed him to kick really good. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure it's not like uh, what the, the name of the top one? What is it called? Beyblade. Beyblade. Are you sure it's not like Beyblade? And they were like <laughs> yeah, in the he tops. Had, he had three dreidels because he was <laughs> the reason that he was so against. Christmas is because he was Jewish. Yeah. So he spun three dreidels, each one with a different spirit of Christmas. Hell yeah. They helped them win the cup. Yeah. Awesome. But specifically, it was the um, the spirit of Christmas past that was the best at soccer. Mm -hmm. um, 
So technically, and, they were the MVP, but because they were summoned to the field by Scrooge, it was Scrooge is the MVP. I think I nailed it. I think, I think you we, hit the, we can the head, stop recording right now. Head. That's all anybody needs to know. Okay, so before we start talking about the 2008 Cup, we have to talk a little bit about like why the 2008 Cup was so important. It's the year I was born. You were not born in 2008. That's not true. No way. No, it is. No way. I'm 16. You were, I was like, shut up. You're way older than that, you dumbass. My my math isn't that bad, okay? Okay, listen. The 2008 Cup, last episode, we talked about, you know, that the, the crew was having some relatively success, um, considering how how weird the league was in the 90s, right? Uh, but let's let's put all that into perspective. Okay. They had just hit a nosedive, right? They were kind of yeah. They were they weren't working too hot, yeah. but like you could see that there was a, a solid form, like base the, that was the starting building, to be formed. The building blocks were were head were getting there, right? But we talked a lot about the team itself. You know, we talked about how Siggy Schmidt came in, and we talked about how um, they hired a, a couple of guys. That... By the way, Siggy Schmidt, yeah, rest in peace, you beautiful man. Yeah. I'm sorry, I immediately made a joke about you being in heaven with the Zogs. It's okay. It's okay. I th- I do think that every time we talk about something that, like when we talk about chivas usa eventually we should just say they're up there with the zogs now <laughs> yeah anytime something dies in in this podcast they're up there, they're with, there with the, the zogs. zogs um okay so t- 2000 t- 2002 or down there with the zogs no no the zogs, the zogs are, went to, the zogs are up the there. zogs are split perfectly in twain <laughs> Okay. They're half, half half light, half dark. Yeah, the, actually, the Columbus Magic came back for one last magic trick and sawed them in half. <laughs> Never put them back together. <laughs> they rendered their soul asunder into the pure evil Zogs and the pure good Zogs. Okay, okay. So, so let's talk about let's talk about. We're not only going to talk about the, the the field results, but we're also going to talk about like things that were in the crew's zeitgeist, right? So it, in mm-hmm, the crew mm-hmm. had finished second in the Eastern Conference four times from 1998 to 2002, okay? Every single one of those times, they lost to the DC United. Oh, that's crushing. Which is, which is why some of the, the, like, the older fans who were like around in 1998, they, they still hate DC to this day. And, and that's why there's a couple of chants that will like include DC United. I don't really think that the rivalry is nearly as intense as it used to be, um, but but I still would consider DC to be a, a pretty good rival. Hard to beat Batman on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, you've got to beat all the superheroes all at the same time, and the Flash is just so fast, so nobody can keep up with him. Um, speaking of mm-hmm. DC, here's a, here's a really good excerpt from a massive season about head coach, then head coach Bruce Arena. Okay, Sirk um, writes about an interview that Arena did after a game in Columbus. And Bruce Arena said, quote, it's a circus. They play music during the games, but it's probably very good entertainment for middle America. Sorry, this is hilarious because Steve Sirk says that the next game that DC United came to Columbus, the, the, the crew hired a bunch of clowns and jugglers and like magic trick people to make it like a literal circus <laughs> that they came. That's a very good move. It was That's very awesome. awesome. I just wanted to include that little tidbit because I thought that was so funny when I was reading the book. Um, in 2000, uh, the EPL, Newcastle United team uh, the, from the EPL, the European Premier League, uh, they came to the U.S. to play D.C. United um, and the Columbus crew in some friendlies because the, the, the MLS used to do this where they would bring like EPL teams 
over to like play a friendly to you know get some notoriety to, to you know get the word out about this brand new team that's been around for eight years you know um and so during that time there the, an english reporter wrote in like a london newspaper or something that columbus was quote an altogether less fashionable part of the united states so like the bashing just doesn't stop from all sides it's insane the bad vibes that got so bad that it actually kind of became a joke in crew supporter sections. And this is where we start to see the origins of John. I'm sure you've heard like the chance during the game of like, we are massive. Right. And I say it a lot too. So, so this started out in the early two thousands as like a joke, right? Uh, Cirque writes that in 2003, the leader of a supporter group called V army, uh, Zach Bernardo, started using the same joke that Manchester City fans would use to describe their team as massive. Uh, because there was something that happened, like, I think Manchester City was, like, having a real bad time. So they started, you know, joking about themselves because they were always in the shadow of Manchester United, who were, like, way better. Crew fans started using the same joke to describe the real or imagined disrespect that the city received. Cirque writes, what could be more massive than a small market last place team that fans around the league made fun of, right? So everyone around the league was like, man, Columbus sucks, dude. This is like, they became the basically the Detroit Lions of the, of the MLS, right? It, initially, it was used ironically. And so like examples would be like, Clearly, the club was too massive for the huge big-name players to play, right? Clearly, they couldn't handle the pressure of playing at such a big team, so they had to go to, like, mm-hmm. a smaller, less-known team, like, I don't know, Barcelona or Real Madrid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, so, of course. Yeah, obviously, they couldn't handle the pressure of playing at Go Columbus. to a team with less prestige, like Arsenal. Yeah, absolutely, John. You're hitting right on the nail right on the head. Absolutely. Um, the, the word has since then has kind of taken on a very real and sincere meaning these days, especially after um, the, the, all these MLS Cups and the Save the Crew especially cemented it in my mind as like, that is, that's it. This team really is massive, right? Because this is, as far as I can tell, this is the only time that a, a team has like risen up against the owner trying to move the team. But like I said, we'll talk about that later. I know, I know I'm, like, blue-balling every time I say that, but we'll, we'll, there will be an entire episode about Save the Crew, I guarantee you. O- only a massive team could have the second-most cup wins and still be two and still try to be moved by a bad owner, um, and, but we'll talk about that later. Um, the Crew's misery was truly at massive levels in 2008. In 2005, Cirque uh, uh, likened the crew to the Cleveland Browns in 1961 before they moved and became the Baltimore Ravens. He jokes, and, and this book was written in, 2000, in 2008, so he, there's no way he could have known about this, right, about to Save the Crew or anything. But in 2005, he, he wrote about maybe the crew will be moving to Baltimore next year because they were so bad. And that's what happened to the to the Browns was they were so bad that the owner decided to pack up and move to Baltimore. I think it's hilarious how he like basically predicted the future, Cirque did, by writing that in 2005. The book was published in 2009 and Save the Crew wasn't until eight years later. So I just find I, I found that incredibly interesting that he put that in there. John, I'm sorry. Did I bum you out talking mm-hmm. about all that bad stuff? No. No, you're not sad about it. I'm not sad. Okay, well, we're, let's, it's fine. We'll talk about I some just stuff. miss the Zogs. 
Okay, let's talk about the good stuff. Leading up to 2008. Last episode, we talked about how the moves that Siggy Schmidt were making, he, the, him him, and the, uh, the the coaching staff were making in anticipation of the 2008 Cup, um, including using the brand new DP rule to get Guillermo Baras Galoto. Remember I told you about him? I remember I told you to say remember his name. Do you remember his name? Yeah, Guillermo Baras Galoto. Yep, <laughs> he's exactly. Great, great pronunciation. Really love that. Um, so the crew made Dumption, several... baritone... I can't say that. Oh, no. That's... Nope. Gonna have to get hit that one with the dodgeball for sure. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Stop hitting me away. Oh, God. <laughs> um, the crew made several other signings. It wasn't just Guillermo, right? So, Will Hesmer, uh, forward Alejandro Moreno, and midfielder Robbie Rogers were also incredibly influential um, in the 2008 season. Um, with those additions, including uh, veterans such as Frankie Hayduck and Duncan Outen and Eddie Gavin, the crew were, they, they believed they had a championship contender in 2008. Okay. It was apparent very early on that Siggy Schmid was probably right in thinking that the team was going to win the cup um, because they won the first six out of seven games to start the season in, in 2008, including a 2-0 win against Toronto FC. Oh, baby. That is very good. Bringing the <laughs> heat. Very good. It's a very good start. Okay, John, do you want to talk? Let's talk about Toronto. Do you want to talk about Toronto? I got to say, like, a 6-1 start is really good. That's almost as good as the Zogs' 1995 season where they went 17-3. and <laughs> You got to say, okay, listen, you can't, are you just going to sprinkle in, this isn't a Zogs show, okay? I will give you, I will give you your time. It is to me. <laughs> I will give you your time to talk about the Zogs, but now is not the time. It's crew time. When will it be time, Way? Now is not the time for Zogism. <laughs> okay. I'm a Zogist. Okay, <laughs> that sorry. actually, uh, the Zogist, that sounds bad. I don't think you should use that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What what, what, okay. what was the question? Never again? mind. We're, 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 we're going to talk about Toronto. Okay. So to Toronto FC, it came in the league in 2007. Okay. What does the FC stand for? I'll give you one big guess, John. Um, Freaking cool. No. So far off. Can can you give me a football club? Excellent. Yes. Yep. You hit the nail right on the head. It's up there with the FCs, SCs. Dude, I'm hitting tons of nails today. <sighs> I I hate I hate that trend. The FC nonsense. It's so stupid. Just Gibby. Just stop. Come on. Anyway. My name. My personal gripes aside. Toronto FC came into the league in 2007. Okay. They didn't have a very good start. All right. That the Maple Leaf Sports Group, which is the same. Uh, company that owns um, the Maple Leafs, the NHL team, and they also own the Toronto Raptors, the NBA NBA team. Um, they made some big changes in between the 2007 and 2008 seasons because 2007 was not good, right? So it's like we got to overhaul all this, right? They were doing a lot of moves, right? They were making a lot of good moves. Everyone was like, "Oh man, Toronto FC, they're really going to come in good, right?" This generated a lot of hype for them in the off season, so much so that uh, t- Toronto FC fans say that they saw the crew as easy pickings at the start of the season. So they decided that all their supporters group decided that they were going to make the trip, the eight-hour trip down from, from uh, Toronto all the way down to Columbus. About 2,000 fans were prepared to make the drive all the way down to Columbus to start the first game of the season. They were like, we're going we're, we're gonna to be so good. This is going to be an easy win, you know, 6-0 on the road, like, like you, you were saying earlier. 
they thought that they would outweigh the number of crew supporters actually they because the crew were not doing very well at that time right so everyone thought man this is just going to be all toronto fans and no crew fans at that day but that was not the case john columbus showed up that day man at the time the big three supporters unions supporters groups were crew supporters union hudson street hooligans and la turbina amaria uh, which stands for, I think, the yellow engine. I think that's what that means in Spanish. I, my Spanish is incredibly rusty, so don't kill me, please. The engine. Yeah. <laughs> um, Crew Union and La Turbina are actually still really big supporters group. Uh, to Even today, I I think Hudson Street Hooligans is kind of diminished in, in membership, but they're still around. The crew showed up with just as many fans in the supporters section in the Nordic as the TFC fans that showed up, right? So it was like kind of a war halfway across the stadium so the the nordic already exists no not not quite yet actually hold on i think so maybe i think okay no it did happen in the off season you're right yeah so so you're right it did happen in the off season so so let's talk about the formation of the nordic this is in part the reason that so the the war of the supporters group was so effective for the crew side right in 2008 the columbus crew were not doing so great let me take a drink i'm really thirsty brought to you by water um, in 2008, <laughs> the crew were not doing very good, right? We talked about this. Why are you giggling? Am I, but... Just the idea of being sponsored by water as a substance. <laughs> this this episode is sponsored by H2O. Yes, absolutely. Water. It's 70% of you. It, it's most of the world. 2008, crew ownership was like, man, this team is not making a ton of money. You know, because the last three years, the team had been terrible, so nobody wants to buy tickets. You know what I mean? So like, okay, how can we take this big, expensive stadium that we spent all this money on, how can we make it make more money besides just soccer games, right? So what they did was they cut a chunk out of the north side of the stadium. They cut a chunk out, and they put, like, a concert stage there, right? So they could have concerts during either when the crew had away games or during the offseason. And I think they still have concerts there to this day. I'm pretty sure they still do that. It removed about three entire sections of seating, okay? And that was where all the supporters groups sat, was in those sections. So what happened was the crew was like, okay, we're, we're doing this. You don't have a choice. They kind of just took all of those fans that would have sat there, and they shoved them all in this little corner, uh, which is three sections. It's, it's about the same size, but because it's a corner, it doesn't really have as many seats, Right. So it kind of just condensed the group, right? It concentrated all of the fans into this one section called, which is now called the Nordic or the North Corner. The, the Columbus has a real big German heritage, so Nordic is actually German word. And it's who Skyrim belongs to. <laughs> Skyrim belongs to the Nordic. That's the, that's the episode name. Skyrim belongs to the Nordic. Skyrim belongs to the Nordic. I, I can't, now I'm thinking about who is, who's Dovahkiin in the world of the crew. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, um, so with, with the formation of the Nordic, right, and the fact that all those 2,000 fans came down from Toronto, it kind of created, like, this weird myth that, like, oh, Toronto is the reason that the crew have such good supporters these days, right? But when I was reading the the Cup and A Massive Season, they both talk about this. They both were like, and even the commissioner was was talking about it. Commissioner Don Garber said in an interview with Canada's National Post that the formation of the Nordic was, quote, really birthed out of the fact that the Toronto fans came into their stadium and almost dominated them in the opening game last year. 
in 2009 he was talking about it. According to Steve Sirk and Jonathan Smith, this is not the case, okay? Both of these guys were like, look, I was sitting in the press box. I was sitting right in the middle of the field. I couldn't hear TFC at all over over the Nordic. It was like... It was a stark difference, apparently, back in 2008. So so I'm here to squash those rumors, John. I know that you heard about it before we started doing this. I know you came in like, oh, Toronto FC, I knew you'd like those guys. That's not true, John. It's fake news. Take that, Toronto. Get a cool name, Toronto FC. Yeah, we wish they Turn yourself into the Toronto Zogs. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll see, but that's a problem because then I would definitely lose you. <laughs> a little bit. You'd lose me a little bit. No, you'd be no, don't lie to me. You would be fully out. You'd be like, I'm a Zoghead, dude. It through and that's through. That's true. That's true. <laughs> the Nordic fans came together because the team needed them to support them, right? The fans cheered, the lads scored, which made the fans cheer louder, which made the lads score more. Okay? That's how the Nordic works, right? Do I think that the Nordic would exist without the 2,000 fans that came from Toronto to, for that first game? Probably not as it does today. However, I don't think that that makes them the reason that the Nordic exists. I just think that it makes it makes them the catalyst that ignited a reaction that was taking that was taking longer to to happen. Right? I think we would have gotten there eventually. But this accelerated else the would process. Have triggered it. Yeah, the, the, something else would have happened to trigger that, but this accelerated that process. The 2008 season was a little bit rocky in the middle with the crew going three and five and four in the middle of the season. Um, but they came away with several important results in order to get them crucial points at the end of the season, which included ties at Toronto and Los Angeles away and wins in Kansas City and Colorado. Okay, so the MLS is famously like a home advantage league, right? If you win at home, you are doing great. If you lose away, it's not surprising. And and a lot of people have attributed that to the fact that there's like so much distance between all of the teams because the United States is a huge country. So if you're going from New York to L.A., that's a really long flight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Jet lag and things like that. Yeah. Exactly. And you only have like a couple of days to prepare. So that's why the, the, the home team is the home games are so important. Because if you don't win those, you're like, what are you doing? But the, the way wins, when, the, when you get away wins, that's how you know that a team is doing well. That's how I judge whether or not a team is doing well. I look at how many wins they've, they've gotten away from home. So here, do you want to hear a fun story, John? No. Are you sure? Yeah, you, it's really we just, I, we I can just move on great. to the next thing. Okay, well I'm gonna skip that whole part then. No, come on. <laughs> this is your fault. Now the people won't learn. <laughs> this is your fault, John. You did this. Everyone tweeted at me for in the podcast. It's, it's, no, wait, we'll talk about. This it. is the secret. This is how we get engagement. Okay, it's called rage we'll bait. <laughs> yeah, I'm clickbaiting. Here, no, no, we'll talk about this. Yeah, okay? t- here, tell, here's tell a really good this, fun tell story. Tell me this fun story. So, so you know how I told you that. Um, certain EPL teams would come over for friendlies mm-hmm. um, in order to to play um, fun games and, and get the word out, right? Yeah. So one of those games happened in 2008, right? West Ham United came over to play the Columbus crew in Columbus mm, on July 20th, okay? Well, no, they're not ham-themed. They're, <laughs> they're not the food-themed. I wish they were, though. That'd be funny. Ham versus um, the Zogs. <laughs> so so the the crew were kind of a hot topic to talk about after this this game of july 
20th, okay? Because apparently there was, as, as reported by some news sites, there was a 100-person brawl that happened at this game, okay? And and Steve Sirk wrote about this, and also um, Jonathan Smith did an interview with one of the Nordic members um, on the cup. It, both of these things paint a completely different picture, but the news, like, that doesn't grab headlines, so I'm here to tell you the truth. Way okay? was there. So he was in the fight. I was not there. I, I was, let's see, 2008, I was... I was 14 in 2008. I was 14. I was at home probably uh, enjoying my summer vacation. There was there was a small scuffle that was actually instigated by one of the West Ham fi- fans. He decided, like, probably had a few too many beers. He decided he was going to come into the door deck and show them how to be real fans or something like that probably, right? Um, after this game. The, the reputation kind of stuck with the crew fans. Grant Thurmond, uh, who was the a member of the Hudson Street Hooligans, talked about with Jonathan Smith on The Cup um, in episode three, I think, how he and some friends actually got kicked out of the next game in Colorado because the Rapids management said, quote, they didn't want another West Ham situation. So like the crew scored and he said that he said that the the security and like one of the like a guy in a suit like must have been part of the management was like you guys need to leave. We're not having another West Ham. Which is crazy, right? That's yeah, that's pretty brutal. That's wild. I can't believe that that was the thing. And but but like I remember when I was a kid and I would go to games. It was around this time and I remember like walking past the Nordic and having that stigma in my brain. Right, I was like, "Oh man, I can't go in there because I'll get beat up because that's where the crazy guys are," you know, <laughs> which is crazy because now that I'm 27 and I've been going to Nordic games for a while, I've, I've sat in the Nordic plenty of times with me and my brother. It's not like that at all. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's people have a little, a little bit to drink and start screaming a little bit loud, but it's not violent at all. I just thought that was really, really funny because when I was a kid, I was like really scared. I remember when I was really little, uh, my dad got tickets to go to a Blue Jackets game because he liked the Flyers and the Flyers were in town. And he's like, oh, let's come down. And and I didn't really care about the Blue Jackets because I was like, I don't know, 10. And I was like, oh, I'm going to root for the Flyers. But I didn't want to wear a Flyers shirt that my dad got me because I was afraid I was going to get beat up by all the angry hockey fans. Hockey fans are, are a little rough and tumble, to be fair. But they're also pretty chill. I was afraid they were going to beat me up because I was wearing the wrong shirt. (laughs) It is a more physical sport, for sure. Yeah, well, because fighting is actually allowed in the rules, kind of. But I just thought that was so funny. When I was writing this, I was thinking back about, like, how that, how when I went to games as a kid, I was like, oh, man, those are the crazy fans. That's where they go. That's where they sit. Because they had, like, a sign that was like, you're entering the Nordic, you know? This is where the crazy fans are. Warning, seven people have died here. Yeah, dude, if the Nordic had a body count, that'd be that'd be metal, dude. That'd be sick. Before before we talk about the season, should we have a little mid-roll? Oh, okay, yeah, we can take a break. We can take a little break. All right, yeah, you're right, you're right. Let's take a break before we talk about... Well, then we'll get really into the 2008 Cup, and, uh, and we'll talk about it real good, okay? All right, we'll be right back. Hey there. If you've made it this far into the podcast, why don't you check out our socials at Pod on Instagram and Twitter. 
And also, consider emailing us at intothecrooniverse at gmail.com. Or, find our house behind any Applebee's. That's right, go behind any Applebee's and ask for the Crooniverse. A portal will open, and it will ask you three riddles. If you can answer them, you'll be able to take one of our places as one of the hosts of Into the Crooniverse. Please, please do it. Please, just please. This episode sponsored by water. Drink it when you're thirsty. It's quenchy. It's the quenchiest. It comes from the It'll sky. It'll quench you. Make sure to tip your waiters. Okay. All right. We are, Ooh. and we're back. Okay. We're live. Okay. We're live on. All right, there. John. We're back from the from the break. This isn't a recording. We have to redo this podcast every time you listen to it. Yeah. We. This is live actually, and I I have to get this all down on like a on like a wax tube, you know, like they did back in the day. That's what I have to record on. So that's why uh, we have to start over every time. I had to, well that the break actually was me changing out the tube. I ran out of wax. Yeah, I I record mine uh, in in cuneiform, and then it has to be translated by a little beetle that lives in your computer. <laughs> little beetle. Yeah, he speaks human words. <laughs> He's been gifted the the gift of speech. It's Jiminy him. Cricket. It's oh, it's the it's the Jiminy Cricket from the Disney movie. From Disney, yeah. Okay. And All I'm right, Pinocchio. Wait, wait. Do you think it would be funny if we called him Pinocchi, like the pasta? Oh, you know what I bet? I bet that there is like a a shaped pasta that they call it that. I bet that's a thing. Like a, like a, well, they have gnocchi, so I guess they could turn it into a Pinocchio. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my God. Mm-mm. Right. Made with real wood. We're, oh, gross. Ew. But if you chew it long enough, it turns to flesh. I don't know where Ooh, I'm going. I don't with that. think we should. Okay, all right. I don't like that idea. Honestly. Hey, John, I have a suggestion. How about we talk about the Columbus Crew some more? Made with real boy. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so we we stopped talking uh, at the break. We we just got done talking about the um, the whole Hudson Street hooligans, um, West Ham. Not the brawl that happened, and except then there it was, didn't happen. People were racist against Crew fans for a bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Okay, so I want to talk about the rest of the season. Those people were zoggest. Oh, man, we can't have to that. To bring that back. Oh, no. Um, so I, w- I want to talk about the, the rest of the season, okay? So the, the crew finished the latter half of the season with only one loss out of the last 11 games. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So imagine going into the playoffs with having won almost 11 straight games. So that's like almost three entire months of games that you just don't lose. That's insane. Um, per- it perfectly positioned themselves for a, a, a deep cut or a deep run, um, and they won the Supporters' Shield for the best regular season in the process of that. We are so back. The 2008 crew are only the fourth team in league history to win both the Shield and the Cup in the same year. It was only the fourth time that it happened. They can defend themselves and take a little sippy. Absolutely. E- even, even still to this day... After 2008, it's only been accomplished three more times. It just doesn't happen. So the crew play, uh, faced the Kansas City Wiz in the first round, um, which I want to talk about another strange quirk of old MLS, uh, which is the two-leg playoff round, okay? So they would play a best of two, okay? Which you you are probably thinking to yourself, hey, hey wait, that's an even number. That is what I'm thinking, yeah. 
The math is not mathing there. So the way a two two leg round works is you will play uh, a home and home game, right? So so you'll play one game in Columbus, you'll play one game in Kansas City, okay? Whatever the aggregate score is out of those two games is who wins, right? Oh. So 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 it's like one big game. Yeah. So it was like imagine a game that is a hundred and eighty minutes. No. Yeah, a hundred and eighty minutes, and it has four quarters. That's a dollar, baby. And at halftime, you have to fly like twelve hundred miles to Kansas City. I feel like then whoever, whichever team starts with the first home game has a huge advantage no you know that is was was a big like contention there but i think it doesn't really i don't think it's much of an advantage to be honest because you still have to play another home game right you still have to play an away game even if even if you run up the score four to nothing on in that game right who's to say that the team won't the other team that you're playing won't do that when they go to their home right i think part of it is then both teams have to fly there, right? Yeah. So that that's the true. home advantage is is it's not kind as of strong. Gone. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of gone. Um, so they they experimented with some some playoffs formats. That's back pretty in the goofy, day. though. I do like that. It, I mean, it's you know, some people genuinely that's pure like MLS. It. Some people ge- well, actually, it's not pure MLS. I think actually some European leagues still do this. I think there are a couple of European leagues that actually implement this on the regular. That's impure MLS. <laughs> so the Columbus won the ag- on the aggregate score three to one um, with goals by uh, Davy Arnod, Brad Evans, and Robbie Rogers. Okay, uh, the next round the cru- with an assist from the Ghost of Christmas Past. Thank you. The next round, the crew went up against the division rivals, the Chicago Fire, who had acquired a former crew player who you might know, John, named Brian McBride. <gasps> I know. Yeah, the, that reaction that you just had is the exact reaction that everybody had back in the day when they when they got him because he came. He went, like I said, like I remember, I told you he left to go to play in Fulham, right? And and he what did he do in Fulham? He crushed it. He crushed it so good that they they named a bar after him. And then he came back to play in Chicago because to be fair to him, he's from Chicago, so I'll, I'll give him a pass. I don't have as much of an attachment to him as other people do, but I'll give him a pass. He wanted to play in his hometown. That's fine. Um, so, he, but he came back to to play for the Chicago Fire in that game, and and that tifo, John, they had a tifo for that game that said "Wanted for Treason." Jesus. And they had they had his face on it. Yeah, the they, the Nordag was not happy about that. They were not happy in the least, man. But it was a single game elimination, um, and the crew won two to one off of goals from Chad Marshall and Abby Gavin, okay? And then we're getting down to it, John. November 23rd, 2008. Wait, wait, who did who scored the one goal on the crew? Was it McBride? No. What? On the crew? I just told you that the crew scored two goals with Chad Marshall and Eddie Gavin. Did you not listen? I know. Who scored on the crew? Oh, uh yeah, no, I I think it was McBride. Let me double check. Let me let me google that. Not on the crew. I guess that 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 was an ambiguous phrase. Against the, scored crew. Against, against the crew. Against is, the crew. Is, That's what you should say. Yes. Against the crew. No, it was McBride. I was right. I didn't even have to look at it. I, why did I guess myself? I knew that. Why did I guess of myself? I knew that. Well done, McBride. Legend. It was McBride. He he did score against the crew in that game. That was I, I, I knew that was the case. I don't know why I questioned myself. I did the research. 
Ah, did the research. Okay. Now, something that a lot of people don't know is that McBride has a pure heart full of giving, which is why the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future couldn't touch him. <laughs> they couldn't slide tackle him at all. He was just jumping around. Yeah. Okay. He, because they would try to touch him, and they would just be filled with Christmas cheer. Absolutely. All right, John, let's get serious here for a minute. Okay. I am serious. And don't call you Shirley? You can call me that. It's my middle name. John Shirley Crooniverse. That's pretty good. Okay. November 23rd, 2008. The year I was born. The crew traveled all the way to Home Depot Center in Carson, California, the home of the LA Galaxy, to face off against They were playing them. in a big Home Depot. In a big, giant Home Depot. Yep. Uh, the home of the they LA Galaxy. They had to ricochet the ball off the power saws. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, it was like um, Robot Wars, where they have all those... Uh, those... <laughs> hazards and everything it was all the they they just plugged in all of the uh cord like they turned on all the cordless tools and just let them go i was imagining that everyone had like a suit of armor made from various power tools that's pretty good i like that too someone make that rocket league with mechs Ooh, now that's a good game that's a good idea i love mechs i mean it's an easy sell for me that that's your thing Okay, so so the LA, they played the LA Galaxy Stadium, which is the Home Depot Center, and they faced mm-hmm. off against the Western Conference champion, the New York Red Bulls. Red Bulls versus the Crew, classic matchup. Okay, can I explain the Western Conference champions New York thing? Yes, okay. I, I would like it if you would. That is a little strange. So the way that the playoffs worked back then was the MLS had the top three teams, top three teams from each conference. Right in 2008, it was the Crew, the Fire, and the Revolution, and then the top three teams from the Western Conference was the Dynamo, Chivas USA, and Real Salt Lake. Okay, but then they still wanted two more teams to be in it, so they wanted eight teams, four each, four on a side. Right. So what they did was they would go to the um, the overall qualifications, like the overall table, and the next two teams that had the best next two records would also qualify which just so happened to be the kansas city wizards and the new york red bulls so they had they had five teams from the eastern conference and only three teams from the western conference so they were just like i don't know i guess the red bulls can be a western conference team this year it was very strange it's very weird why they did that so they just picked the best three yes from each conference and then two, just two, two more, more from the overall table right that's really goofy. Yeah, it's very strange. I don't know why. Just they... pick four instead. I know. I don't. I don't know why they did it like that. I really don't. It doesn't make any sense. There are so many of those. This is just. This is more MLS. It's goo. just like they just do. Yeah, it's just more vestigial fins. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many of those in the history of the of the MLS. So, the the the. The, the Red Bulls were placed in the Western Conference because the MLS makes no sense, but I still love this league. It doesn't. I, that's why I like it because it doesn't make any sense. Um, crew fought hard, and so did the fans. Okay, all the way they were all the way out in California. People the, didn't. The really... fans got in another fight. No, no, no. <laughs> that'd be funny though. That'd be that'd be hilarious if I got to talk about that. Um, I meant like they cheered good. Right, they showed up oh, for the lads. Yeah, right, right, right. So it, the game was all the way out in California. Right, people thought that like it was just going to be a bunch of people from California because the two teams that were playing in the finals were New York and Columbus, two Eastern Conference teams that are like all the way out there. Right, but nah, man, you go back and look 
at the footage. Uh, you can watch the game, actually, on Apple TV, um, which you and I should probably watch that game. It's fun to watch. Um, you can clearly see there's, like, a big blob of yellow shirts in the same spot at Home Depot Stadium that the Nordec would be in Cruise Stadium. It's awesome. <laughs> I respect that. They even had, like, all the banners and everything. They had Nordec banners. It was so cool. That would be a good... Yeah, that'd be a good episode if we watch that and review that, like we're going to review the upcoming season. You know what? Actually, I'm going to put that on the list. I will put that on the list. We will watch the... We could Actually, we could do... We could make it a commentary, and then we'll just put it up on YouTube, and you can listen to us talk about it at the same time. If you like really a live to. watch? Yeah, we could do a live watch. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be fun. fun. Okay. So anyway, the, the crew, they came away victorious with a score from of 3-1 to one with goals by Alejandro Moreno, Chad Marshall, and John... One of the best goals in MLS history. A floated ball from Lord Guillermo all the way up and over all the defense right onto the dome of Frankie Hayduck, of all people. Now, this is important because Frankie Hayduck is not a, a forward. He's a defender. How did he get up there? They talk about he Jonathan Smith in the cup. He does an interview with, with Frankie Hayduck because he used to go on his radio show all the time. He does an interview with Frankie, with Frankie Hayduck, and he says... I was never supposed to be there. I, I just liked making that run because nobody ever expects a defender to go all the way the, the heck up there, man. He was all the way up there. He was in the six-yard box. He was so out of position. It's not even funny. But it works out, man. He, he did that a couple times during the season. It paid off big in the final game. I also want to point out something really funny about the, the, the final. During the trophy ceremony, Dong Arbor, Don Garber, the commissioner, um, we call him Dong Arbor because we don't like him. Boo, that guy. We always boo him. We hate him, John. We don't like him. Got it. Okay, yeah, sorry. Uh, say his name again. D- Don Garber? Yay! Nope, wrong. Okay, let me try it again. Yeah, Don Garber? Woohoo! Nope. D- One I'm more gonna... time. John, don't do it again. I'll hit you with the dodgeball. Okay, okay, I got it this time. Don Garber. He he made it! Woohoo! Ow! This is what you get! <laughs> okay back to it during the trophy ceremony don garber actually mispronounced guillermo barascolotto's name and he also stupidly said that guillermo was the team captain he was not the team captain it was frankie hayduck it's so awkward because he's like he's like and i present the trophy to garmo barascolotos and then the guy who's, like, not the commissioner but is, like, doing all the mic work is, like, actually, the team captain is Frankie Hayduck. <laughs> it's the stupidest thing. I don't know what the heck happened. Come on, God, man. I know. Just, like, dude, c- come on. Just Jesus. drink a little less at your own games, at your own team's, like, success. Yeah, it's just really embarrassing, to be honest. Um, but the crew celebrated really hard after they won. Um, there's plenty of pictures in uh, uh, a massive season that you can look at and and see all that stuff. It's really great. But the, Do the they cool have the wieners thing, out? Um, not in the pictures in the book. I can't confirm nor deny because I didn't look those up. But maybe who knows? Um, they celebrated hard. Um, the next day, they were actually greeted by a mass of fans at the Columbus airport. Um, and then later, the governor, Ted Strickland, held a ceremony to congratulate them and said, we have called this team an asset to our community, but now we also call them champions. Um, so something that I think is actually really cool about this whole like 
championship victory lap that they did was the next year when the team traveled to dc to play the united they took a detour to visit the white house for a congratulatory meeting with president barack obama and they gave him a signed ball and like a cool jersey that said uh i think it said potus on the back of it and it was really cool <laughs> that's really good i, like I really that. i really enjoyed that and and um I mean, I don't know if if Obama's much of a soccer guy, but like, there's footage of this um, conference that I read, that I watched this press conference, and like, as he takes the ball and he goes back inside, he like does a little, he does some juggling. It's very cool. Um, God, I miss I miss when like when I was young and naive, and I was like, oh man, that president, he's so cool. Yeah. Now I got now I got to know facts about stuff. <sighs> anyway, I'll be honest though, the next year it it wasn't totally fun. Like after the championship, not super fun. You know, it, it, the championship, you get to celebrate, and then you got to make some hard decisions. The, the team has to make hard decisions. After championship seasons, teams are often kind of broken up in order to make way for the upcoming season. Because, like, remember when we talked about that salary cap, John? Mm-hmm. Because these people are champions now, their salaries go up? They Yes, they, they, they deserve a lot more money. So they kind of got to break up some teams and stuff, right, in order to do this. And, and it was also extra bad because 2009 saw the introduction of a new team, which was the Seattle Sounders. And with that, when that happens, they have an expansion draft, right? So not only do... Yeah? Is expansion draft funny to you, John? Uh, when paired with the Sounders. <laughs> okay, we're not going there. I'm shutting that Look, down man, immediately. They teed it up for me. I didn't have to do anything. I know. I know I'm, sh- I'm shut it down and we're shut it down. I don't even down. think we can have so, that in a family friendly podcast. <laughs> it's okay. This is rated PG 13. Okay. I'll give us a little bit of headway. Okay. <laughs> Hold okay. on. Give me a minute. So, <laughs> hey man, you're really enjoying this, aren't it's you? It's just <laughs> really like, that had to that. go through like a board <laughs> to to get out did, into yeah. the public, and nobody oh, because... went. Because it's well, it's a coastal city. They have the sound. That's what it is. It's the coast. It's the sound. That's what it's called. That's why it's called that. There's there's special sounds on the coast. That's just what it's called. Hold on. Let me oh, let me let me look sea. this up. What what oh. is a sound? Coast. What is a sound? Coastal. A sound is a valley that has been filled with seawater. Okay. That's why it's is it called spelled that. like sound that you hear. Yes, it is spelled the same way. It's a homophone. Oh. Yeah. Well, they shouldn't have those in sports, I don't think. Well, that's what it's called. I don't know, man. That's why they're. I just their logo is I the just space think needle. That's all it is. We should allow gay people in sports and not homophones. <laughs> There's plenty of them, actually. Actually, one of the guys that was uh, really influential to 2008 season, I talked about him, Robbie Rogers. He is he was openly gay at the time, and he's got a whole... I think he's got a whole book about it. You should go read it. Uh, That's great. He's my new favorite player. He, he's a great guy. Um, he Actually, I think he's like a, a producer on, some, on like some TV shows or something, and he just like recently won an Emmy or something. Oh, wow. Good for him. Yeah, I found that out like on Twitter. I was like, what? the heck what a career change um so you know don't be homophonic excellent excellent work love that (laughs) okay that was the bit i was playing at the whole time and i don't know if you got it that was good thank you anyway (laughs) 
so they had to because of the expansion draft for for the seattle sounders right they had to make some tough decisions because the expansion draft not only pulls from like the normal rookies that they would pull from it also allows teams to like take from players that are already on teams so teams have to make a decision they're like okay we only get a certain number of players that we like put in a box and they're not allowed to be touched for the expansion draft right so they they have so they had like choosing some people to keep on their team right yes exactly so here's the thing 2008 2009 season big hits right coach siggy schmidt was actually the biggest casualty from the whole thing right he declined to sign with the crew again in 2009 even though they won the cup and instead decided to go work for his former colleagues who are now running the seattle expansion team okay he wanted a challenge well no this is a whole big scandal at the time right it was a whole big kerfuffle because everybody was convinced that like they're obviously they because what was supposed to happen was the crew was supposed to get first dibs on like hey siggy we'll we'll, here's the contract here's what we want to give you we want to keep you around obviously because you won the cup right and so what the whole scandal was was like everyone thought that the seattle sounders because they knew siggy schmidt they were like friends like the people who run that they were like friends with him they called him probably just like a random tuesday afternoon was like hey man we're we're, uh, we're starting up this new team you want to come play for us even though the crew haven't had the chance to to talk to you yet and so that was a whole big scandal to this day mls maintains that it wasn't any foul play and that the crew were supposed to get first crack and they did get first crack but siggy just decided that he wanted to to go coach the sounders now a lot of the crew community did not feel they felt betrayed by by that obviously um you know everybody's thinking there must have been a secret phone call or something but um you know that was that was actually probably the biggest hit of the 2009 expansion draft um the crew actually managed to win the Shield in 2009, but they lost in the first round of the playoffs to the Colorado Rapids. So they did really well the next year, uh, despite losing some key points, especially Siggy Schmid. Who is their new um, coach? Their new coach was, I believe, I think his name is Wazitsky, is it was how it was pronounced? Hey, I'm Wazitsky over here. I think his I think his name was pronounced Wojcicki. I think because he's Polish. He's Polish, um, and so you know all of the, I can't like, do a Polish accent. You know things that read it out for you, pronounced it like that. Makes I, sense. I'm not 100 percent how to pronounce, but he was the assistant coach. He he was the assistant coach, right? So they just promoted their assistant coach up. Um, in 2010, <sighs> they did okay. Uh, the team went 14 eight and eight in the regular season, but again they lost in the first round of the playoffs, right? And then 2010 is where it all comes crashing down. This is where it all goes away, right? Wipe the slate clean. Miss the playoffs two years in a row after winning the cup. We got The soccer gotta, sorcerer giveth and the soccer sorcerer taketh away. He, he giveth and he taketh away. So in 2010, uh, right before the, the, the 2011 season, the crew declined a number of important contracts for veteran players, including Frankie Hayduck, Guillermo Barros-Galoto, and uh, a couple others. That And it signaled the end of an era. Okay, that that was the end of the early 2000 crew era. This is where this is where we now we're we're moving into the modern crew. Okay, so so that's where we're going to stop for the second episode. Okay, in in the third episode we'll talk about how the team changed, and then we'll we'll talk a little bit about the modern era. But I want to save that for like the season preview. Give okay? we'll give some advice as well for the modern era. 
Oh uh, yeah, it, I actually, I did write that. I, that's stop steal my joke for the next <laughs> thing. I I have that. I was gonna use that, John. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're, we're Shoot. we think too similarly. Yeah, we're drift compatible. That's what it is. Um, we're gonna talk about um the next episode. We're gonna talk about the in between years. Um, we're definitely gonna talk about save the crew in the next episode. It's not gonna be in, in very in depth. Okay, but it's good. It's gonna. I'm gonna hit the big points. We're gonna we're gonna talk about this the big big stuff. Like I said, in save the crew is gonna be a whole episode. So people that are are waiting for that episode, don't get mad at me if the next episode is not up to snuff because I'm gonna do a whole entire episode about it. That's it for the second episode. Follow us on Twitter at Crewniverse Pod. Um, I just made an Instagram for the crew, uh, for not for the crew. The crew already have an Instagram for for the podcast. Uh, also at at Crudiverse Pod. Um, so if you want to follow us on Instagram, I don't really know how much I'm going to post there. I do think I'm going to post there when we go, when I go to games at least. I know John says he's going to join me for at least one game this year. Um, so we'll definitely post when he goes to the game. Um, I'm probably going to post when I go to the game. Um, follow us at, at Crudiverse Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Interact on your podcast platform yep. of choice. Rate, rate, us, rate us five stars on YouTube.com. <laughs> um back in back Please in 2004 rate us five stars on uh, on apple Podcasts and spotify um i always put a, a q a on spotify if you if you have something to talk about put it in there you can email us at into the crewniverse at gmail.com if you have any questions or if you think i said something wrong or like i said if you were there at the 2008 cup and you saw it yourself and i'm wrong you email me and i will if, if you were, were in that 100-person brawl. brawl and it really was as intense as the, the media made it out to be, you give me your horror sto- your war flashbacks, and I will put it in an episode. I will. I'll do that. Um, yeah, I w- we would love to get some some comments, some things from people. Send, send fan mail. Uh, <laughs> Don't send, send, death, send threats. death threats. Do not send um, death threats, please. You know, whatever... <laughs> If you if you choose to send death threats, only do so via the email and do not include any specific details. Just be like, how much of a death threat? Oh, I'm gonna get you. Well, you can take it. So okay, so are you gonna look at the email? Just any email that we receive now, you're gonna interpret it as a death threat. Is that what's gonna happen? Yes, we'll have a section (laughs) called death threats where I just read various. (laughs) What if we start getting reviews and we just call that the segment death threats? that'd be that'd be fun yeah i like the idea of being like all right we got a death threat from jimmy johns it says your order has been confirmed i assume they mean a hitman that's very good okay well that that was all of episode two uh uh yeah tell your friends about us spread the word because i mean we're gonna be the biggest podcast yeah everyone's gonna want to listen to this one absolutely john do you have any parting words to say before we uh before we go Back, uh, back in through the portal to get to the Crooniverse. Wait, wait, hang on. Are we in the Crooniverse now, and we're going through a portal to leave, or are we outside of the Crooniverse, going into portal to re-enter we have to the Crooniverse? Re-enter the Crooniverse to get deeper into the Crooniverse, because what we're doing is we are. So it's sort of like a there's there's like layers yeah. of Crooniverse, and we're going yeah, from one just, layer to the we're next. We're taking a break to let the people know what we're finding into the in the Crooniverse. I see. These, this is this is like yeah. a scribing on a, yeah. on a stone tablet that you that you find on a corpse it, in a. In essentially, like a what I've game. done is like you. Do you know um, that 
I think it was called like Hello from the Magic Tavern or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I, so, I know so of what it. I'm doing essentially is what he's doing, which is like I have my podcast set up here, and then I have like a slingshot that I take a USB drive and I like shoot it out of a portal, and it just like falls onto somebody's desk, and then they upload it for us. I see. So we're yeah. chronicling our our, our voyage through the, the through yeah. the crew universe. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah. So so before we um, leap headlong into the wormhole, taking us yep. deeper into the crew universe, where we might find some sort of we're amazing soccer, soccer magic, we'll find him. Actually, we'll find I him think sure. no. I think we're looking for uh, the Zog. We're looking for the Zog. <laughs> We're trying to find the, the yeah. Zog nest so we can bring a Zog egg back to reality and restart their uh, Yeah, their we're trying legacy. to unextinct them. That's what's <laughs> happening. So to, to all, all of the listeners out there, um, to all my Zog heads, keep your head up. To everyone who's, uh, who's not a Zog head but is tuned in, uh, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to unplug your toasters and heating elements Practical to avoid advice. fires. Okay. Make sure you lock your doors. Okay, John. Because um, I'm coming for you. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening, listening and, and keep, keep on zogging. I love you. I love the Columbus crew. I love when they Columbus and they crew. <laughs>